1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. My next interview is with Louis Theroux and John Dower, and we are talking about their recent film, My Scientolo- Scientology Movie. And uh, direct quote from, from Louis, quote, it's a mashup of the U.S. Navy and McDonald's, close quote. That's that's not him so much talking about his film as he is uh, talking about Scientology. It's, it's, it's a it's a satirical film and as john says it's it's it benefits from from louis uh, renowned wit uh, there's a there's a theatrical edge to this film that that is uh, really interesting. I mean, you know, all film, all art, I suppose has a degree of theater, but the way they've crafted it, the way they've put it together is, is interesting. It's, it's, uh, fascinating. And it's really quite the study, uh, quite the absurd study really in, in, I guess, the human condition in religion, in Scientology and skepticism and belief and deception and so on. So we talk about, Pretty much all of those things, and in, in, in a fun and interesting way. I think you're gonna you're gonna fall in love with Louis and John, and and, and you you need to get out and see this film. Um, Louis Theroux, John Dower, coming right up. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my own speaking, writing, and and podcasting. You can also get access to other uh, interviews that I do at rabble.ca on face to face. And also, if you'd like to come alongside and support what I'm doing, you can do that through patreon.com. Louis Theroux, John. Dower and my Scientology movie coming right up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a couple of very special guests here today, Uh, two filmmakers, two British, I think, filmmakers, John Dower and Louis Theroux, uh, and uh, to talk about a whole lot of things. And we've got a limited amount of time and... uh, so so let's, let's just dive, dive right in. We're here to talk about your film, about Scientology, a documentary. It's going to be airing at festivals, uh, well, certainly in Canada, over the next uh, several months. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that as well. But I, I read somewhere online, Louis, uh, it was referred to as a python Pythonesque delight. Yes. Is that a fair, is that a fair uh, comment about your film?
2: Well, I mean, I think that's a nice comment. It was we didn't set out to try and make a Python-esque film., uh, the reference I think is Monty Python. Yes, uh, but it is it does seem to have been uh, you know it get, gets a very funny reaction. People laugh a lot, and I you know, I'd like to take credit for that. I think probably most of the credit goes to the Church of Scientology, right. which whatever else may be said about it, is probably uh one of the weirdest and one of the funniest religions, you know. I think a religion created by a science fiction writer in the mid-fifties and and kind of modeled on a mashup between the US Navy and McDonald's with with sci-fi UFO components. Just does have a sort of funny quality to it. Okay, come on. A
0: mashup between the US Navy and McDonald's may be the funniest thing I've ever heard of before. It's
2: it's it's hysterical. But that's what's so great about Scientology, you know, leaving ethical issues to one side of which there are many, you know yes, it's yes. Propensity to break up families and arguably um, to destroy lives they would they would disagree with that right, of course. but there's a very funny uh, kind of weird uh, combination of qualities. It's a cocktail of different things, and I think maybe it's in the nature of of any religion. Religions are things we think of as being uh, birthed in the sort of the Middle East two or three thousand years ago with kind of berobed old guys wandering in the desert. Scientology was a col- was founded by this colourful writer um with quite co- kind of aspirations to be the sort of Sigmund Freud uh for his generation and create a scientific um instrument based um faith system. And uh just those things don't really go together. Are you are you are you and John skeptics?
3: John
0: Skeptics of Scientology or skeptic? Um, just, just sort of, I guess, skeptics in more of a generic term. I mean, uh, I, I after watching your film, and I've seen a few things on Scientology over the years, and even as a kid, I remember... I have a friend who's a publicist who who's fascinated by by what they do and what they've been up to over the years and I remember as a kid walking along you know Young Street in Toronto and seeing the Church of Dianetics and how you could go into this uh space and you could have the testing and what I've learned now you know of course is auditing et cetera et cetera but even as a kid, I remember there being hmm, a creepy aspect to it I mean maybe that's yeah, you know my that. experience, but anyway I, as I a kid, I was we, skeptical
3: we definitely Tried to approach it, particularly Louis, with an open mind, and I, you know, we we certainly didn't, as Louis said, set out to make a sort of satirical film, right? And I mean, I was keen, given the subject matter, for Louis to approach it with some of his um, renowned wit and humour, which actually comes from, I'd argue, his slightly earlier work, especially his Weird Weekends, his um, his more recent stuff here in the UK has been, you know, serious stuff, alcoholism, autism, and, you know, even on this, Louis approached it, you know, he he would worry, you know, we're casting the head of the Church of Scientology. Is that is that blasphemous? Are we doing something, you know, we never, we never, there's an English expression, taking the piss. We never wanted to set out and take the piss. And you ask if, if I'm a sceptic, I am. I basically believe we're a kind of cosmic accident, and many days I peer into the sort of pit of my own abyss. I don't have religious belief, but I understand that need for belief, and I think we saw that in some of the sessions we did. You know, the aim, especially for Louis, was to try and understand what is seductive about Scientology. Forget, you know, the 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 disconnected aftermath. We know about that. Yes, it's awful, but what's the seduction of it people join it why do they join it and we wanted to you know that was the reason why we did those training routines with marty and i think you know as someone who works in my field you know with actors a lot of time you can understand the you know bear baiting is 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 a good life skill in many ways if you're a very nervous not very confident person and to get that dedicated glaze is a useful thing so i think we didn't set out to let's take the piss out of them because they shout at ashtrays. You know, we wanted to, especially Louis, because that's his, you know, that's his modus operandi is to understand what. How do good people fall into this slightly strange organisation?
0: So, so it sounds to me, I, I don't quite get the expression, in, and I hold a UK passport, so take it from there. But you know what our colonials are like. So, um, but uh, Louis, uh, underneath all your satire, your humour, your Uh, Discontent, let's say, was there a degree of respect? Would you say for um, Hmm. the folks that you were exploring?
2: I think, in general, you know, especially if you're doing a documentary with people, uh, you know, you have an obligation to to take them seriously, to 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 treat them respectfully. I mean, I tend to think all people um, deserve a degree of, of, of respect, and I think. In, in, in the sphere of religion specifically, you actually have to wrap that up a, a tiny bit. You know, the, the present day reality is that across the board we have religions that make claims to special treatment, right? Um, and that isn't by accident. You know, I think anyone who says, for example... Um, you're told that, well, the Prophet Muhammad must not be depicted in cartoons. Now, on one level, you could say, well, well, that's silly that we would depict anything. It's freedom of speech to depict anything. On another level, you've got to say, well, actually, this genuinely seems to cause ructions, riots and unrest to the point where tens, if not hundreds of people are dying as a result of a cartoonist's choice. Now, I think, to an extent, we have to extend the same sort of inquiry to the realm of Scientology where people are saying, well... If you reveal the innermost secrets of Scientology in your documentary, that is blasphemy and you are offending my, relig- my most deeply held religious uh, sensitivities. You have to start thinking about that. And I think it kind of, you, I think, mentioned, David, you're a philosopher, and it relates, maybe it's more theological, but there are these questions to do with rights and responsibilities. Sure. that are raised here. And I did go into this thinking, let's imagine it wasn't Scientology. In some ways, Scientology blocks thought because it's viewed as so ludicrous by many people. Right? It's, it's been so sort of thoroughly, um, had the mickey taken out of it. You know, It's been so mocked and lampooned that there's a temptation to see it as intrinsically laughable. And I did try to stop myself, uh, to stop us as a production from taking cheap shots you
0: know? Is that it? Is it? Would you say? I mean, I've read somewhere, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But uh, I've interviewed Joshua Oppenheimer, and about his film *Act of Killing*, uh, and and you said stylistically that was a bit of an influence, maybe, or maybe that was a review I read. But would you say that inserting yourself in the in the film was there a hmm, Was there a humility to that, Louis, in the sense that wow, you know that 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 Christian line, uh, there but for the grace of God go I that. Hey, we're all kind of, oh, you know, uh, John described you as open.
2: We're all sort
0: of susceptible in a way.
2: I think we're all certainly, you know, flawed human beings. And it's a, te- it's a universal trait of human nature to sort of find it easier to see the flaws in other people. Yeah, right. See our own, right? I think also in the nature of the work I've done through the decades it's always been about attempting to find people who are in some way marginalized or viewed as questionable, controversial, or even hateful, and forming by forming a human relationship with them that you start to see them uh, as something more than caricatures and then that forces you to into this sort of area of almost cognitive dissonance or sort of dissonance between your emotional and your and your sort of intellectual faculties. You think, oh, well, hang on, this guy professes to be a neo-Nazi and yet I'm seeing human qualities in him. I'm starting to like him a little bit. And then you have this rather difficult thing to face about w- what your, your human responsibility is to someone and also how people who appear to be likable and good can get so... Um, Get so off off track as I would see it, and I think we tried to apply that here, didn't we, John? Because there's a a temptation, especially because we didn't have conventional access to Scientology. So there was this effort we were trying to make to not be another documentary that basically just kind of um, told you for an hour and a half how silly or dangerous or predatory Scientology is. Definitely. I loved. I loved the moment
0: when you guys were casting. I think it was McCabbe's character, and the the young actor got really pissed off and really acting. And I think you said, "Hey, are you in character, or is that just <laughs> is yeah. that just you know?" Oh,
3: that was in the Tom Cruise casting. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. Tap, t- and then and then somebody said, "You know, we're, I'm I'm
2: tapping into my righteous anger." That was the McCabbe one. Yeah, he was very good, and he was not yeah, he
3: was
2: just. Uh, impersonating an angry person in a way that was more or less indistinguishable from real anger. Right. Turns out to be a kind of revealing statement about Scientology itself. You know, a lot of it has right. to do with modeling or enacting certain emotional states and thereby becoming them.
3: And so, again, the device of the actors, I mean, on Louis's part, was partly inspired. By the act of killing, although it's something that's been done in documentaries for decades. Right. Um, But for us, it was a sort of, it was almost a a practical, logistical thing. First of all, it felt motivated. Here's a religion, you know, birthed in, you know, L.A., Hollywood, by a guy who was not only a science fiction writer. You know, Hubbard wanted to be a director. Right. um, At his own studio. He had a thing called Project Celebrity. Some of their biggest disciples are obviously... A-list stars, so it felt motivated, but it was also key for the film because first of all we had no access. Louis never really done a film with no access. And also, Louis's always at his best when he's operating in the present tense. So there was never any interest in doing a sort of retrospective style story, you know, history of the church. Right. That's not Louis style anyway. So the the sequences with the castings were really just a way of Louis being able to explore in the present tense, not only what might it be like being a Scientologist, but what it was like for Marty to have been a Scientologist, or to a lesser extent, Mark Headley. You know, it enabled, um, you know, we didn't, you know, Louis didn't have to sit down in Marty's living room with a sort of vase of flowers framed camera right and say, so what was it like here? He was getting you were getting a sort of visceral in the moment feeling of what it was like by taking him back there.
0: Well, and I think, John, to that point, there was a Louis, there was a real tension there at points. I mean, you know, sometimes it almost felt like it was written, but I I, I didn't get that sense ultimately at all that that was there a pushback from Marty that, hey, you can't go there. I'm not going to let you go to this space. I'll be truthful and authentic with you to a point.
2: Yes. Well, one of the things I enjoyed about the film most was working with Marty and, and, and the kind of um, the ornery, rather uh, can, almost cantankerous uh, right. Right. quality he has of not really suffering fools gladly. And he's also got this combination of being sort of down to earth and no nonsense, but also he's a spiritual seeker. So he's like this kind of really grumpy guru figure. And, <laughs> and he was absolutely signed up to the idea of telling the story of Scientology. And I should say, by the way, Mar- Marty was you know, one of the most senior people in Scientology for a number of years. He was the Inspector General. He really brings some gravitas and some real insight into the inner workings of Scientology. So the film is in a great part a kind of excavation of both his recollections of you know, what, how Scientology works... It's sort of almost um, mafia-like quality in the way that it um, uh, would run operations with lawyers and private investigators. Um, But at the same time, it's an excavation of Marty himself and his personality. And he, uh, he, he absolutely sort of sees us as an asset in some ways in presenting the truth, but then it became clear that you know, we were also on opposite sides of the table, you know, that I was as interested in unpicking him as I was in Scientology, in as much as he still embodies so much of Scientology, right, 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 having seen it for so long and having been so critical to its development, I should add, I'm always aware when I'm talking about Scientology that there's a chance they're going to sue either me or you, when I say mafia-like, they would deny using any <laughs> mafia-like um, uh, techniques, have I made myself legally non-liable now? I, okay? <laughs> I think you're
0: <laughs> I can, I can have I can have my team of lawyers look into that for you, Louis. Because, you know,
2: and it brings us to an interesting point, which is that in, in the end, like you can take all the UFO stuff, which is fun, the fact that they were founded by a science fiction writer, but at the core of it is this ra- is rather steely and scary organization that is willing to go further and be more aggressive than virtually any other religion that I'm aware of. And which makes it both fascinating because you know you think of religions as being touchy feely, happy clappy, um, kumbaya, turn the other cheek. And yet he his Scientology is saying like we don't turn the other cheek. We will if you come after us, we will come after you and, and attempt to destroy you. So that's uh fascinating. Also it is slightly scary. And so um that was perhaps the the more troubling sort of sure topic. would
0: would would either you know one of the thoughts i had and i've certainly always thought of scientology as a religion uh, but one of the thoughts i had while i was watching the film could can you really call it a religion can you really i mean is it is it is it is it a cult is it is it is it, is it an or you just used the phrase louis or organization you know it seems yeah. on some level it's quite the
2: corporation as well um anyway just just well, well, corporate characteristics for sure and, and you know i mentioned mcdonald's i don't i don't think it's coincidental that dianetics was published in 1950 the same year as the first mcdonald's uh was established and they run they are run in business terms along similar lines so for sure it has business-like corporate characteristics i think it could be a cult and a religion i don't think those two things are mutually exclusive I mean, if it were not a religion, I'm going to put the question back to you, David. What would make it not a religion? Um,
0: You know, Derrida says that religion without responsibility is utterly meaningless. And I'm not sure that after watching what I know, I mean, from what I know of of Scientology, I would question the whole level of, of one's freedom, choice and responsibility, which is essential to being human. And so lots of religions would, would deny that as, an, as, a, as, a, as a valid account of what it means to be human. But I think a religion that actually is about community, is about bringing people together, as you said, and the kumbaya-like nature of it all, would want to talk about freedom, choice, and responsibility, and that we are, you know, we're active. We're not, we're not like, there's a, I don't know, there's a, there's a sense in which it's, it's, uh, it's not about me, it's about you in Scientology. Does that make any sense at all?
2: Uh, a certain amount. I mean, I do think <laughs> separates, um, but you know, in a sense that the biggest um, among the biggest victims of Scientology are those members of the Sea Org who are who are working very long hours for for very low pay right. to spread the message, to make the DVDs, to make the their annual various annual events go off smoothly, to make sure everything the interface runs smoothly for David Miscavige, to open the new orgs. And the ideal orgs around the world, and you know, I, I get the sense that those guys are doing it out of this deep, you know, feeling of idealism and a, and self sacrifice in order to make the universe not just to make it a better place, to give the universe its only chance, its, it's, it's only of chance.
0: Yeah, its only chance. Otherwise, otherwise, we are in fact going down in utter flames.
2: Yeah, and I almost, in a grudging way, admire the sort of the single-mindedness of the vision. In other words, we're so used to sort of slightly wishy-washy pluralism that there's something rather bracing about meeting people who say, who, who aren't saying, you know, do your own thing or whatever's clever. They're saying, oh, we've got all the answers. No one else has the answers, not just the answers on Earth, but the answers for all the planets in the, in the solar system, in the universe. And, um, you know, you're either helping or you're, if you're not helping, then you're standing in the way. Yeah, you know, it's kind of a forceful rather bracing almost um totalizing vision you right, know, right. that admits no doubt there's no room for error there's no margin. it's absolutely um totalizing
0: so so John in a world of um alternative facts what is what does this tell you about about deception about you know, I mean, this is this is a little more than just, you know, David Copperfield in a stage illusion or a really great, you know, Darren Brown and a great card trick. What, what does it tell you about about how easily deceived we all are?
3: Well, I think that's been forever thus. I right. mean, the, the thing that stands out for me about science, I, which I kept finding to be in some ways, it's one of the most banal aspects of it because it's certainly not spiritual, but it is those corporate elements, the fact that David Miscavige is referred to as the chairman of the board. Right. The, that it is a pay-as-you-go religion. You know, I mean, the thing that struck me most, which is why we, you know, these films are traditionally, any Scientology documentaries are traditionally built around the former high-ranking, what are known as the apostates. you know, who, who, who's blown from the Sea Org. They've been up there. But I was always struck by that young guy in our phone. Steve Manga and there's that moment where Louis says to him, so how much have you paid for all this? I have to say as a, you know, without sounding like some sort of filmmaking tosser you know, (laughs) I like to have a certain craft in what I do. I mean I have to say one criticism I would have on a a lower level about Scientology is they make really bad products. They make really bad, kitschy overblown, cheap films DVDs and, and Louis pulls out the box in this guy Steve Mango's house, and you see this collection of stuff that you'd normally see at a car boot sale or in a second-hand shop. I mean, it just looks like you know awful offcuts of products. Yeah. And this guy's in for fifty thousand dollars, and he's, he's he's twenty-one, and it's wow. that I feel is is part of the card trick how they're they're able to convince people to part with so much money so quickly to keep going and they keep, you know, in some ways it's a perfect, you know, modern day product. You've got a bit of science, you've got a bit of religion and it makes cash, you know, right. it's the perfect American product in many ways. So you can see the seduction, but it's, it's kind of, I find it that a very hateful element of it, right. but
0: the, right. the,
3: the, the, just the amount of debt you can get in so quickly. But I
2: also think it's an interesting question to wonder whether Scientology would exist without the level of aggressiveness that it has. And um, you know, there's many, many little cults or little um, UFO groups and that come and go and are never heard of again. And I think, you know, I I think the interesting is an interesting question whether, without the militaristic. and rather um, authoritarian yeah. Yeah. techniques that are used by we were sort of, that were um, used by Hubbard and have continued to be used by David Miscavige. Whether it would just be 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 gone by now, and 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 more generally, that um, you know it was, you quoted Derrida, but. I think it was Nietzsche who said that a good cause can, a good war can make any cause sacred, right? And I think Scientology has sort of sacralized itself, has made itself sacred by sort of declaring war on all its enemies. And it may be that, you know, in the same way as Christianity's making was during the persecution it experienced um, under the Romans, you know, all the Christians that went to the lions And then within a couple of hundred years, the emperor himself had become a Christian, right? And um, now we have Scientology that has been in an ongoing war, not a life and death war, but a sort of war of ideas and a war of propaganda with uh, tabloids and media and so forth. And that sense of persecution, I think, has been hugely galvanizing for its most hardened inner ranks. So sadly, we have to wrap up in
0: a couple of minutes. I know you guys have to move on uh, to another interview. Uh, one uh, couple last questions if we could, guys. Um, is, is it growing? Is it dying? Is it resonating with young people? Uh, clearly militaristic, authoritarian edge? That doesn't play really well on social media, but you know, what, what, what's happening there?: It's dying. It is. Uh,
2: Schultz is dying, I think not dying. I think, you know, the fact that they don't reveal their numbers suggests the numbers aren't particularly good. Having said that, uh they are constantly opening new uh very flashy, sumptuous uh premises around yeah. the world. There was one in But they're empty. Right, but the money is
3: coming in. I think isn't that they isn't that just their war chest? I mean what what Hubbard did brilliantly was he bought all this property which right. is cross-real estate now. They own three buildings on Hollywood Boulevard. Right,
2: but they've still got a clientele that includes, you know, one of the richest actors in Hollywood, Tom Cruise. Uh, you've got people like, you know, Nancy Cartwright, who plays Bart Simpson on, on The Simpsons. You've got a guy called Bob Duggan, who basically is a, a medical multi-multi-millionaire who donates millions They do have those whales, don't they? So they, they get... <laughs> They have people who are willing to open their pocketbooks. It shows, although if you read the critics, they'll convince you that uh, numerically the, the, the numbers are down. And numerically, right. it's true that Scientology has not got that many um, true believers. But financially, they seem to be in rude health. You, you know, uh, John, didn't,
0: uh, didn't McDonald's make a, a ton of money also buying a whole lot of property? I, I seem to remember that for a uh, from something I read a few years ago. Not not worth pursuing right now, but it's just an interesting interesting observation. Louis, I read, I think, that this was a Holy Grail project for you?
2: Yes. Why, uh, why
0: is that as we... as And John, I'd love to... I hope we can do a part two, guys. I I feel like we're just barely scratching the surface. But anyway, uh, yeah, Holy Grail project. How come?
2: Uh, I think because I, it combines <laughs> so many things that, I, that I've been Ridge. interested in over the years, which is, you know... So sort of religious fundamentalism, um, American culture, celebrity, Hollywood. Uh, but at the heart, it's a story about, you know, what people do, and, you know, the, the irrational and apparently self-sabotaging things that people do to themselves and others in the name of, of faith. Um, and, and because they're so secretive um, and because they turned me down for so many years, it became a sort of dream project for me. And it, it's been... what you know, just to finally kind of get it off the books in a sense, actually, right. okay, we've sort of done it.
3: And, um, I feel like very, very, it's satisfied. not, it's not a good idea to turn down Louie Theroux.
0: And did, and, and one last question, have you guys had to change your locks on your
2: doors? Uh, they, they, um, they did some shenanigans while we, we, we have reason to believe while we were filming about that features yep. in the film. They it does. Yes. Yeah. We were told by PIs that we assume were sent by Scientologists. They came, after our contributors, um, I have not actually changed my locks. You, John says, and I, I, they, they they came on set while we were not there, apparently.
3: So yeah, they stole our on that very final, the whole reenactment. They turned up after everyone had left, apart from um, um, our sort of um, PA's and stuff who were tidying up the studio, and they just those those guys that turned up and harassed Marty. Um, in the after after the whole sequence, the very last scene, the guy that looks a bit like Chris Christopherson right. and um, his his pal, they came back, wandered into the studio, picked up the scripts, took the script with them. Um, so they're you know they're not they're not and, and you saw them squirrel busting Marty on the other side of security at LAX. So they're not they're not afraid of coming forward, but you know joking apart. You know, it's 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 people like Marty that bore the brunt of um, right. the busting and the harassment. It was pretty small beer for us, particularly me. I mean, for me, that was the beauty of doing a documentary with um, someone else in front of the camera. They were always going to go after. Louis, rather than me. So, <laughs> right. that's
0: so your true colors are shining, John. That's, that's, a yeah. great, that's a great way to end the interview. Guys, thanks yeah. so much for a fascinating film, uh, a worthy, worthy project. It's playing at film festivals uh, in, in Canada. Uh, we're going to get that up online for people to find out more about it. Do uh, you want to tell us a little bit about your next project, Louie, or, or, or do we even have time?
2: Uh, we, well, I'm doing some more TV stuff. My day job is doing TV documentaries for uh-huh. the BBC. And then, um, you know, I'd like to think about another feature, but, um, you know, maybe my Scientology sequel. Right. Uh, you know, they're supposed to be making a film about me. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. Maybe I could get on board. Uh, you know, they were filming while we were filming. They were filming us going around and they said that we're doing a documentary about Louis Theroux. Wow. So maybe I could get on board with that and help them promote their documentary. Well, in,
0: in kind, I hope you're not going to provide them with any access either. No. Make a, well, make a make a work I mean, for it, Louis.
2: Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Thanks,
0: David. Dan, cheers, David. Cheers, John Dower, Louis Theroux, Uh my Scientology movie. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.